It's Friday, September the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Republicans pledge peaceful power transfer and Britain unveils new jobs plan. First, the world in brief. Several prominent congressional Republicans said they were committed to a peaceful transfer of power in January should Joe Biden win the presidential. Yesterday, Donald Trump once again refused to say that he was. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, tweeted, There will be an orderly transition, just as there has been every four years since 1792. Other Republicans, including Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, made similar statements. Rishi Sunak, Britain's Chancellor, announced new measures to support the economy during the pandemic. The government will contribute to the wages of people forced to work shorter hours to help them keep their jobs. The arrangement similar to Germany's Kurzarbeit will replace Britain's furlough scheme, which has paid 80% of the wages of workers placed on leave. One of the Vatican's top cardinals resigned as the head of the office that canonises saints. Giovanni Angelo Becciu was reportedly involved in an investment in London property that Vatican police found to be corrupt. In a terse statement, the Holy See said Mr Becciu had given up the rights associated with being a cardinal, which include voting for the next pope. North Korean soldiers shot and burned a South Korean official who had disappeared from a patrol boat near the border. On finding him at sea, troops from the north killed him, poured oil on his body and set it alight, according to the South's Defence Ministry. It believes the burning may have been an attempt to ward off the coronavirus. Sumitomo Mitsui Trust, a Japanese bank, admitted that it miscounted votes at the shareholder meetings of almost 1,000 listed companies. One, Toshiba, an electronics giant, said that more than 1,000 postal votes went uncounted at its general meeting in July. Toshiba's biggest investor has demanded an investigation. A group of app-based tech firms banded together to oppose the immense power wielded by Apple and Google over the global smartphone economy. Spotify had already clashed with the App Store, as had Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite, over its 30% levy on in-app purchases. Another 11 firms, including the owner of Tinder, comprised the Coalition for App Fairness. And Australia's second largest bank settled with regulators and agreed to pay the country's largest ever corporate fine. Westpac negotiated a $1.3 billion Australian dollar, $916 million payment for the biggest breach of money laundering laws yet seen in Australia. Officials said some payments facilitated by the bank may have been linked to child exploitation. And now, here's today's agenda. Protest season prolonged. Breonna Taylor's killers. The long, hot American summer is spilling over into autumn. On Wednesday, a grand jury in Louisville, Kentucky, indicted one police officer for wanton endangerment for his role in a raid with a no-knock warrant that resulted in the death of Breonna Taylor, a black emergency medical technician. But no charges were brought against the two officers who shot her. Protesters poured into the streets as they have so many times in recent months. Two officers were shot. At least 100 people were arrested. This pattern has become depressingly familiar. Grand juries decided not to indict the officers who killed Eric Garner in July 2014 and Michael Brown a month later. Both decisions led to wide-scale protests and calls to reform American policing. Yet change has been incremental at best and police rarely face consequences for killing civilians. Unless more is done, this will not be America's last scorching summer. 
Coming right up. Trump's SCOTUS pick. Tomorrow, barely a week after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and days before the long-serving Liberal Justice's burial, Donald Trump will announce his choice for her replacement on the Supreme Court. The five women under consideration include four appeals court judges, all appointed by Mr Trump and a deputy White House counsel. All have ties to the Federalist Society, a conservative legal organisation that grooms young lawyers for the bench. Ranging in age from 38 to 52, any of the five could serve decades on the High Court and help to undo many of the advances in gender and racial equality Miss Ginsburg championed as an advocate and a justice. The frontrunner, Amy Coney Barrett, is as solicitous of gun rights as she is disdainful of abortion. An air of inevitability hangs over the affair. After a few days of uncertainty, there seems to be a majority of Republican senators ready to confirm whomever Mr Trump selects. Grinding on. Britain's third party. The Liberal Democrats' annual conference begins today. Last month, the party elected Sir Ed Davey as its new leader, its fourth in five years. He told Lib Dems to smell the coffee and wake up to the fact that voters regard them as out of touch after three poor general election results. The conference, to be held online, may leave some disappointed. There will be a vote on dropping the party's hard commitment to rejoining the EU after Brexit, which will dismay many Eurofile members. The party also faces a threat from Sir Keir Starmer, the Labour Party's new leader. Polls suggest that a big chunk of those who voted Lib Dem in 2019 strongly approve of Sir Keir, a Europhile former human rights barrister. The two parties would be better off cooperating than competing as they seek power. Most of the Lib Dems' target seats are held by Conservatives in prosperous areas unlikely to vote Labour. Canton Votes Switzerland's Referendum Unlike the British, the Swiss usually hold referendums on an issue more than once so people can change their minds. On Sunday, they will vote again on a question they last considered in 2014, whether to renegotiate freedom of movement with the EU. Back then, 50.3% voted yes, but the EU refused to budge and Switzerland backed down. The new tougher proposal from the right-wing populist Swiss People's Party, SVP, would make the government scrap the freedom of movement treaty if it cannot reach a new deal within a year. The treaty, however, is bound up with six others, including trade and aviation. If one lapses, all do. That would gravely damage the Swiss economy. This time, polls show about 60% oppose the initiative. Fewer now worry about immigration, and in elections last year, the SVP lost ground to the Greens. Other issues on the ballot include buying fighter jets and making it easier to hunt wolves. Sport in Cyberspace League of Legends Earlier this year, COVID-19 left sports nuts almost bereft of live action. Esports were some of the few games still on offer. Although the pandemic forced cancellations of the in-person tournaments esport leagues often hold, new fans tuned in to see players competing from home. They have carried on viewing. Many will probably watch the month-long World Championships for League of Legends, a wildly popular online game which begins today in Shanghai. Players who have quarantined for two weeks will compete in person, although without live fans. The event, which last year boasted 100 million viewers, attracts big-name sponsors. Luxury car brands and chocolate makers have paid for advertisements aimed at viewers. That has attracted investors' attention. Esports teams' valuations can reach hundreds of millions of dollars, 
rivaling those of more traditional sports franchises. The industry as a whole received $1 billion in investment in 2019 alone. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Faulkner, who was born on this day in 1897. Be scared. You can't help that. But don't be afraid. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.